0: Mattingly, get rid of those sideburns. What sideburns? You heard me, hippie. i could say that this has been a real like easy breezy two weeks (laughs) where nothing really like majors happened we're just going to talk about like the fun parts of baseball uh and also like society but um shit on that i guess uh this has been kind of a rough week for sure they're kind of piling up and it, it it's not it's not great um so uh once again it's the the get rid of the sideburns crew it kind of feels weird to say it uh but it's me brian and
1: uh me mike Flanagan. what's up guys
0: right coming to you from both sides of the fish of long island one's in the front one's by the tail uh right. but we all are in the dumps right now and <laughs> it this, i guess we i guess we could start off with let, let, let's do this um we were talking a little bit in our uh as for my tax write-offs, our pre-production meeting.
1: Right, pre-production.
0: Uh, pre-production. Uh, we have a couple of topics that we do want to talk about, obviously, that, that have happened. Uh, the Mets uh, kind of fucked everything up from Miami. Down in Miami, they got uh, a couple of positive tests, and they had to postpone what would have been a, a marquee New York matchup between uh, Garrett Cole and Jacob DeGrom, which would have ended in probably Garrett Cole winning because the Mets don't score runs. <laughs> um would have been yeah, good yeah. though. Would have
1: been. Would have been, been. a battle. Oh, been it would
0: have been amazing. Like if you love, if you love pitching and watching guys just go shit in like slow motion, it <laughs> would have been perfect for you. Yeah. Um, we could talk. We we're we we're going to talk about the, the code of conduct, the unwritten rules that Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, had brought upon him. Um, because he swung 3-0. Oh, um,
1: I like how you uh, phrased that. Had brought upon him. That was good.
0: Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> finally, nice. Five years of podcast hosting. I finally got it down. <laughs> Um, He, you know, he swung 3-0 and, and brought kind of the heat down from the Texas Rangers, who are bags of trash, um, and his his own manager, who's a bag of dicks himself. Um, and, you know, kind of, kind of sparked this new wave baseball conversation, which actually was kind of a fun topic for a little while, because it did bring in both sides of the coin. Right. And then... Um, uh, some unfortunate incidents did occur. Uh, I don't really want to go into it too much. It was in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is close to the Milwaukee. Um, and the sports world has taken it upon themselves to lead a path for awareness, whether you like it or not. And, I mean, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I think I could speak for both of us and say we are <laughs> firmly on the player's side here. Yes. They're 100% correct in doing what they did. What they did is, you know, it, um, and I hate to keep on talking. And I'll let you. I'll let you speak in a, in a second, Mike. But let uh, me let me have the dance floor right now. Yes. <laughs> um, I I know I've I've seen it and we've covered it on the Movie Man podcast, um, and I'm pretty sure you've seen the movie. But you know, Spider-Man One from 2002, the the ever-present line of "With great power comes great responsibility." Absolutely. And these players have that. They have this national spotlight, where you know they didn't necessarily at the beginning of the year, they didn't think they were going to have this, but here they are. They're in bubbles. They're in the bright lights. They're by themselves. They are they were fighting for their money first. They were fighting for their safety second. And now they're fighting for social justice. And, you know, I'm kind of glad that they did not shy away from it. Um, and Mike, if you want to jump in, please.
1: I actually, um trying to think of how I want to phrase this. So It's
0: tough. It's tough. With
1: Yeah, and with all of the, uh, you know, like the bullshit and bad feelings that went on in terms of trying to get this season going again, um, in terms of kind of the uh, the black eye of the Astros uh, gave baseball, all the cheating stuff, you know, going into this season as, as it stands with the 60 games and the fight between, you know, labor and, and, and management there, you um, Everything, you know, in the sport kind of looked bad. A lot of the, uh, like, underbelly was exposed, um, you know, which in a lot of ways is, is, is a good thing. Um, you want to get those kind of topics out in the open. But uh, either way, you know, as I've said on, on previous ones, previous podcasts we've done, uh, nobody really came out of this – came into the season looking that great. The players didn't. The managers didn't. From, you know, uh, a public perspective standpoint, nobody – looked like they were doing the right thing. Um, with this, uh, this week, um, you know, with, with the Brewers shutting games down and the Dodgers shutting games down and the Giants shutting games down and the Reds shutting games down and um, then, you know, the rest of the, the games today that got uh, postponed or shut down or whatever you want to say, um, I actually don't think I've ever been prouder um, of baseball or to be a baseball fan. Um, you know, exactly like you said, Brian, these guys have a really big spotlight on them. You know, they have a really big voice. And in situations like this, like what we're facing right now as a country and, and you know, what African-Americans are facing in this country, I think it's uh, imperative that you have the ability and you have the platform that you do say something right. um, and you do kind of take a stand for what you feel is right and you know in a sport like baseball which isn't necessarily diverse um but you have a lot of differing opinions on things which i guess we'll get to in a little bit there's some, some as we talk about but uh you know a lot of differing opinion on things it was really cool to see everyone kind of back this cause and, and stand up for what they feel is right and what frankly um you know, is, is the right thing to do. And to take a stand against these things happening to, um, in, in, in the country, you know, there it's, it's horrible to see, um, these things happening every week, every day. Um, you know, not just the ones that kind of go viral and get publicized, but, um, you know, the, the ones that happen all the time that are, that are unjust, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I fully respect the players. I think it's a, a, a great move, um, move isn't really the right word, but a, a great tactic or a great gesture, um, you know, on their part to, to really stand up for something. And it's been cool to kind of see, um, you know, players from a bunch of different backgrounds sort of standing together on this and saying, like, you know, no more.
0: Like it was... right. No, yeah and it's it, it like you're saying with players with different backgrounds from uh, different races different like uh countries of origin that together like you see them together take this stand where i feel the yahoo kind of just they kick the red Sox in the dick really hard i think the other day like the other day with the uh with an article where they they show a picture of jackie bradley jr taking a knee and a lot of other red Sox are standing up and i I think it may have been from the beginning of the season. And they're like, once again, the Red Sox leave Jackie Bradley Jr. all alone. I was like, I, they were also one of the first teams to postpone their games. Like, right. you kind of like, there are like, obviously we don't have a lot of the information internally of what like goes into these, these decisions. I know the player rep speaks like the union rep speaks to both their both teams and they speak to each other and they come to an agreement. Uh, I know for the Mets, it was uh, Michael Conforto where today on uh, Thursday, August 27th, they took the field to, at a 42 second uh, moment of silence for the upcoming Jackie Robinson day, which um, foreshadowing to, you know, them leaving the field. They, they wave, like they did this kind of a, uh, it's a baseball like sign language where you wave your caps out of respect and, you know, thank you. And right. you know, we're, we're in this together kind of thing where, and uh, they they left the field and postponed the game, which is the right, completely the right move to do. Uh, a lot of Mets fans I've seen from the social medias there have been very, um, I guess, ag- aggravated and uh, stupid about it. Um, fuck them. Uh, well, Yeah, fuck them. We him. don't. We don't need. Uh, you know, as I said to you before in our, in our our, our historic pre production meeting. <laughs> Uh, that I guess walking through the gates of the Jackie Robinson Rotunda just completely w- bl- like blue yes. the pests. Yeah. they don't understand. Like it, it's not a design choice. I mean, hopefully it wasn't a design choice. It shouldn't have been a design choice. It's a it's a monument to somebody who has persevered through great adversity to change a game for the better. Uh, yeah, this moment is is brought on by such terrible circumstances that will help kind of heal America in a way because you, it brings a front to a lot of our bullshits and right. they we want to hear them or not. We have to deal with them. We have to put it out there. Like we have to, whether we side with the, a lot of people will go with, Oh, they're, they're playing a kid's game for millions of dollars. Well, why don't they do stop doing that and become a cop or become a teacher? It's like, that's, well, that's your job, not their job. Their job. Right. I mean, you, and you would
1: trade places with them in two fucking seconds if you right
0: could. exactly If so, like we've said like if there came a time where we were professional baseball players how hard we would commit to that
1: yeah, yeah. exactly
0: they're taking their chance it's it, like we said they're taking their platform they're taking their stance they're taking everything seriously so that people will start to realize like oh shit we should start taking this shit seriously
1: right and you know i i think uh you know, out, outside of, of baseball, but you know, I think LeBron James has been a really um, interesting voice on this in terms of his uh, bluntness. And I think that's you know, at, at this stage of the game, there's no time anymore to uh, to, to couch your words and, and be careful about what you're saying. You know, I
0: think, I think a couple of years, like, yes, yeah, he, you know, he, said and, he said like "f this," like I'm yeah, down. and I and LeBron I James. Think, can... Is, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I, I love LeBron James. I think he's great. Uh, I think we're almost the same age. Uh, obviously, had the same career in high school of just being outrageous all stars. But he, um, a couple years ago, I think when they was playing in the first series, uh, first championship series against Golden State, his house in L.A. got vandalized, where they spray painted some racial slurs over his garage, and he took that with just absolute like class. And, and, you know, he put forth like the team and put forth, he's like, he's like now is not the time for distractions like that. And, but right. You know, he, now he's like, he, I don't think he's, he's, he's not dealing with his bullshit anymore. And no, no uh, African-American or person of color in any spotlight should ever be uh, disrespected or looked upon less because of the color of their skin. They're, obviously great people to doing, to, to succeed in whatever, uh, task or, uh, job they want to do. They're like, they're doing well. And, I, and a lot of it comes from, I think a lot of it comes from deep sea jealousy. And a lot of it comes from just fear of being inadequate, which that's why we have to deal with our own bullshit. Like if you feel inferior, if you feel challenged because people are asking for fair treatment, then you have to look into that.
1: You've got a bigger problem than yeah. that the idea of not recognizing another human being as a human being uh, makes you not a human being. (laughs) That's that's kind of how I see it. And I think that it's important um, that these teams are doing this. Like, you know, some people have to to take a stand for what they believe in. And, you know, uh, as long as I've been alive and as long as I am, I'm, I'm always going to support that. Um, this is a very important time. Um, you know, we've had uh, a lot of chances in, in, in the U.S. to make this right, and we haven't. Um, you know, we have a month of activism, and then uh, you know, a lot of the fervor dies down. And the fact that this hasn't, and it continues, a these things continue to happen. And people continue to to speak out and and take a stand for what is right. Um, You know, I I just, I think that's really important. And I think when you become a professional athlete and you, you are regardless of whether or not you're comfortable with it, you're in the the spotlight, right? You're a baseball player, professional basketball player, professional football player, hockey player, whatever. Um, You're in the spotlight and you, you can't shy away. You know, you can't say, this isn't my time to say things. And, and baseball tends to be a very... Um,
0: closed off. It's a very...
1: Right, and not necessarily politically conservative, but conservative in terms of it's very careful about what it does and the things that it makes statements on.
0: There, and, there's the, always the old joke of, like, the baseball players during interview has, like, five things to say. Like, was it Right, like, exactly. It's, it's here for the benefit of the team, like, you know, shit like that. Like, in the best shape of my life. Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: stuff like that. And, uh, you know, no more, man. Um, it, things are things are not great in, in the U.S. right now, um, all over. Yep. And uh, if you have a, you know, like I said at, at the, the top there, if you have a voice and you have a platform to speak out and try and affect change, um, you frankly have a, a, a duty to, to do so. Um,
0: I and- mean, I also want to say, like, you know, growing up, you know, as two uh, two white guys in a in a suburban area, we've have you know known and know people who have taken up law enforcement as a career, and yeah. you know it, this isn't an, an uh, just an outright slam of the law of law enforcement. What we want is for you for people who are in law enforcement, and because I hold all my friends who are cops in the highest standard, like they have they're like they. They, they have, like, I'm trying to find the right words here. It's like they, if they're going to take up, you know, protecting people, they have to protect people. And I'll hold them to the highest standard. And I and I respect them, but, you know, they can't, like, and I, they have to hold each other to the highest standard. You have to protect people of any color, any nationality, any, you know, uh, occupy any, like, monetary standing. Like, it's, you, you're there to protect. You're not there to kill. You're not there to... Get your, your fucking rage out from fucking being picked on in high school or not right. making it to the fucking uh, college football team. Your job, the reason why they trust you with a gun and the ability to uphold the law is because you have, you have taken the duty to uphold the law, which is important in itself. It is admirable that people will put the the, like, the, the laws of the land, the laws of the country above themselves. That is admirable what you have to understand your your bullshit in the back does not go into your you shouldn't like eh, I'm, so, I'm sorry it's, i'm sorry i'm bumbling all over the place but un, you know you, you, you get what i'm saying it's like you don't don't bring your bullshit to your job
1: right and i mean you know uh i i feel a little bit differently um on on some of that stuff but uh you know the, the way i see it is that the policing system in the United States, is fundamentally broken. Um, It disproportionately across the board targets, um, you know, minorities and, and, and people of color. Um, And, you know, regardless of who um, you are, you can be the best guy in the world. Right. Best woman in the world, best whatever in the world, you know, you're entering into a a system that is like fundamentally uh, broken and needs to be fixed and that's uh you know not just law enforcement that's that's the justice system that's um you know egregious uh, bails and things like that um that need need to be to be fixed that's not a uh a, a maybe that's that's a yes and uh, if you disagree um please <laughs> reach out to me i uh i do enjoy
0: you do enjoy good debate
1: because <laughs> you're fucking wrong, um, but uh, not you and so Brian. Uh,
0: no, it's okay.
1: Um,
0: and that's that's fine. We we can disagree, right? But we know that the the mission statement is the same. Where shit needs to be fixed, shit like this cannot keep going on. It, need, it right. needs to change, and it needs to. Everybody at the table needs to eat.
1: One hundred percent, I agree. And you know, I, I think you know, I do think hearing different voices and different opinions is important. Um, you know, but I think that um, some voices need to be magnified more than others right now. And, you know, uh, as much as I enjoy doing this podcast, and I, I do, um, <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe the world doesn't need two more um, heterosexual white guys, uh, <laughs> tears spouting phrases.
0: If, um, if, if, if heterosexual white guys stop doing podcasts, the whole industry just crumbles. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But um, you know, like I said, if if you do have a platform uh, in any way, shape, or form, you know you do have a responsibility to to speak out for what's right. And I'm very glad to see um, all the uh, the major sport and even fucking NASCAR.
0: NASCAR was right out there in the beginning. Who who
1: was calling NASCAR as the yeah. most aggressive league in in sports. Um, and, that, not-
0: and that was one of the things that I found like not not like funny, but like kind of reassuring that NASCAR was like, yeah, you know what yeah, uh, let's not do this shit no more. Like, you know, like they right. get rid of the Confederate flags inside the the uh, the like the racetrack, I guess you'd call it, like the, the arena or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then when they, the whole like uh, the noose uh, knot in uh, Bubba Wallace's uh, garage that came out and it's like, oh, it was just, you know, it was there before, it's not really great. Like, but then you see the photos of it, it's like, that's ah, a fucking, someone yeah. did a noose like as a joke the year before or some shit.
1: Right, and just got noticed now, and but NASCAR squashed that shit immediately and was like here 's how we're dealing with this we're this is a no tolerance kind of situation um, you know and it, it was great, and i i I do appreciate you know as a, as a sports fan in general seeing the voices that need to be amplified um, being being amplified um, it's like i said I've, I've never been prouder of baseball than when I heard there i mean. You know, initially you're sitting there dicking around watching TV and you get like a notification that, like, oh, you know, leisure reporter, whoever's like, oh, so and so games tonight. You're like, oh, I wonder, you know, your
0: first My off. The Yahoo so, app went, went crazy. You know, like, yeah. So and so's in your starting lineup, so and so's in your starting lineup, <laughs> to the game has been postponed. It's like, I'm not taking them out. I mean, right. There's no games going uh, on. Also, I wouldn't. Yeah, that's. And
1: you know what? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's weird. I don't necessarily know it's the right phrasing, but like, you want to be a dick about this shit? Now you don't get to watch baseball,
0: right? I I you forgot, forgot, who, said, I forgot like, who said it. I forgot who said it. One of the, I think maybe one of the reporters is like, sports is a is the byproduct of a functioning society, and mm-hmm. right now our society is not functioning,
1: not functioning, and you lose sports. Sorry.
0: Yeah, it's, sports maybe. is like dessert. It's dessert to like you have to struggle through your vegetables. You have to struggle through whatever crap you're you're going through to get to a good place where sports can be played.
1: Right. And you know, if, uh, postponing baseball games and, and walking off the field and things like that are going to make the public at large, wake up a little bit
0: mm-hmm.
1: and take a look at what's actually happening around them and what has been going on, uh, for hundreds of years, you know, frankly, and, uh, you know, if if it's going to make them take a look in the mirror and see what they are or are not doing to make the situation better, to make the country better, then I'm all for it. Um, you know, awareness is, is, is a big part of the battle and, you know, this is just, this is what, you know, we've brought upon ourselves by, buying into these systems and and not standing up for people, you
0: know? Yeah, you're right. We brought brought this upon us ourselves. Like we had every opportunity at every stage to, to really kind of put our foot in, but something has always been like, well, we could push it off until something else happens. And then it just, it's, it's the greatest like back burner topic. It's like, Oh, we'll get that done when we get this done, you know, like, it's like, whatever. But, uh hard left turn i mean i i i i i mean we've, we've spent a, a good time of talking about this and not that i, I don't want to keep talking about it um and not that i care if people like tune out because if they if they click play once it's already counted baby oh that's what i'm out. saying right we're not getting paid either way yeah, uh. like, i don't know like i'm not getting that manscape sponsorship that everybody wants um
1: uh, yeah no
0: but I, I do I would like to get your opinion on the other uh, the other topic that we were we brought up a little bit earlier is the uh, the unwritten rule quote unquote unwritten rules of, of baseball with uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. on the uh, Slam Diego Padres now their their new name
1: love it love it <laughs> and you know what we talked about it a little bit last week right those uniforms I think are really uh, are really doing something for them um,
0: look good but... feel good play good.
1: Exactly. Uh, with that being said, um, fuck it swing on 30 there you go do it yep. a no lead is safe ever um, you know with, with that kind of stuff and B, why in a game that is you know they've admitted that they're struggling that there's a lot of other things people can be doing um, there's 10 million distractions I mean I don't know about you but like if I'm watching a game at home, I'm, like, on Instagram. I'm, like, you know, doing dumb shit, whatever. Like, you know, maybe you're not giving it 100% of your attention.
0: Right. Like, there, there comes a point where I will rather watch, like, the clips instead of the right. game. Or I'll be like, I'll like, just hit it on, you know, whatever.
1: MLB Network has quick pitch. Might yep. as well. Looks like I just watched 15 games today. It's great.
0: <laughs>
1: but I still try and, you know, watch games whenever I can. But the, the point of that is, um, you know, when you're competing for – uh, eyeballs with 10,000 other things that people can can watch you know the idea of chastising a player who is magnetic who like oh my he's going to watch you know what i mean like i I'll, i can't say that it's been too many times in my life where i'm like actually like oh shit Padres are playing like i'll i'll watch that right you know, it's like things are like real grim in terms they, of
0: publishing. they have a they have an opportunity now major league baseball where they can have the most magnetic player on the most surprising team, most entertaining to watch team play against the best player in baseball. Yeah. Even though the Angels are a garbage fire.
1: <sighs> what a rough – I just
0: – Charles, like, you should have just fucking opted out, man.
1: I don't know, man. That shit drives me nuts. Like, sorry, not to get off the, the 100 rules topic, but, like, how are the Angels just going to keep wasting this guy's prime? Are they That's finding a good team when he's, like, 38 and, like, on his way out? Like,
0: I mean, well, I'm just surprised they haven't tried trading him like the Marlins did to Stanton. And the Rockies <sighs> tried going with uh, Arenado.
1: We'll talk more about trades later, and let's yeah. brainstorm during this Unwritten Rules conversation. So I don't think it came up before. No. As we're talking, let's just keep in mind.
0: I'm taking notes.
1: If the Angels were going to trade Mike Trout. Who would he go to? Yeah. Don't talk about it now. That's a second half topic, as we discussed in pre-production.
0: After our our gimmick passes, we'll talk about it. Exactly. Exactly.
1: But back to the unwritten rules stuff. Yeah, you know, you have a player that's that's exciting. Um, There are a few players that are exciting, and the game itself, and this, you know, even ties into, uh, you know, the earlier conversation, um, you know, uh, the walkouts and things like that. Um, The demographics of baseball are changing. Um, you have a lot of like young players of, of Latin origin that are that tend to be more flashy. Players, you know the Korean baseball league; those guys are a little more flashy. Those bat flips are like part of their highlights at night. Like,
0: you do a bat flip after an infield single.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean. And like, you know what? That's fucking cool. Yeah. People still talk about Jose Batista flipping his bat, right? Right. Yeah. Why? Because it was like exciting. It got everybody pumped up, and that still comes up. So why? would you then, you know, be be upset about it um, from a marketing standpoint? That's just fucking dumb.
0: Well, I don't think MLB itself was mad at it. I think they – I think this is more on the teams. This is why, like, I feel basically okay. being held back is because of the the leadership dynamic in clubhouses where it's, you know, although like, – you saw it was I think John Boy brought it up in his video of it. He like he kind of just eviscerated the Rangers and the manager of uh, San Diego will probably be fired within 2 years. But yeah. like you see Hosmer kind of ground out and then you Texas is like chirping at him and he's like, "Well, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him." Okay, this is like we've we played on the same team. I've been obviously in, in charge and like I had a couple of times where I had to pull players aside, but it was never of like don't be flashy. It's more like don't run us out of an inning. Don't do anything right. stupid. Like if you're gonna hit like when when our friend John um, crushed like a home run over a <laughs> fence just to to like show off to his friends on the other team, he looked at me and apologized I'm like, don't apologize to me. That's a ground rule single, you idiot. <laughs> right <laughs> like was hit, that
1: still was that my crowning achievement as a softball player? Which one Catching that pop out?
0: Maybe. I, oh, that was so great. Okay, that's right, that's right, you had, oh, this was one of the, all right, so we always kind of, <laughs> behind the scenes, we always kind of, like, feel weird about bringing up our own, like, bullshit baseball, like, triumphs, and I, and I feel it's kind of a fun, kind of, like, you guys are still getting to know us, obviously, but Mike had the trouble catching pop-ups. Um, I
1: had trouble, ca- well, let's, let's, let's be fair, currently I had, had trouble them. catching yeah. anything.
0: Yeah, so, this one season, we were getting beat up pretty bad, it's, like, Fucking a hundred degrees out. The, there's absolutely no cloud coverage, and both Mike and I are, are Irish Catholics, so we're both very allergic to the sun. And yep, he, this one, this this lazy pop up to right field.
1: Oh no, I was talking about something different, but you finished
0: <laughs> oh, this. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> this <I> was <laughs> the first one where you you caught the ball in right field, and then uh, our our guest from the first episode, Chris Rice, ran across the entire field and you <laughs> your
1: Gave me a giant hug because it was so unexpected.
0: And one of, our, one of the members of our team was not too thrilled about it because that's not how you do it. And I was like, <laughs> fuck it. He caught a ball. We're losing 15-2. to two. Yeah, and, percent. like,
1: and we, would, we just stuck him out there in right field because he couldn't, he couldn't really hurt
0: anything. <laughs> exactly. it's like, this is, the, this is the most insurance, like, positive move.
1: Right. So what I was actually referencing was the same game where John uh, pimped that ground rule single. Um, with a lot of guys I was uh, Friends with as well And one of them had spent the uh, Ensuing weeks Leading up to this game um, Talking some friendly Friendly shit, you know, we, we both were And he gets up there and he's like I'll Never forget, it. he steps up He steps to the plate, he played on our team For a little oh, while Yeah, <laughs> and he switched uh, He played on other team and he's like talking friendly shit And he, he steps up and he digs in And I was catching and he's like, I'm going to murder this ball. And I'm like, all right, man, like whatever. And he just popped it up to the catcher who was me. Right. And watched him. He didn't even run. He just stood there and went fuck. (laughs) And in my mind, I'm like, as we stated earlier, I wasn't exactly the strongest uh, fielder or hitter. Uh, A lot of heart. Um, Great. Tons of grit. Tons of grit. But, uh, I'm standing there. And I'm like, please, if you know, if there's a God, let let me catch this pop up to the catcher and just tag him out and just stare him right in the face. I'm like, oh, crush that one, huh? And I just settled nicely in my Mark McGuire glove, and I was like, oh man, nice one, dude. You really killed that ball. It was one of the more
0: satisfying uh, experiences of my my softball career. That's a good. That's a good moment. But like, yeah, like like the, these kind of things. Like, I'm pretty sure. Baseball players who are friends with each other, obviously it's a very transient sport where you know, you could be on one team by the beginning of the year and on another team at the end of the year. And a lot of players are very conversational on the bases. Sean and, Casey. Yeah, Sean Casey. You, you could tell, you could tell people are ha- like talking and having a good time. I remember like Lindor, somebody was trying to like move someone's hand as they were tagging mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, I get lost. But like, you could tell like they are, it's, it's not like how it was back in the day where these unwritten rules I feel are, in place because the players who are super exceptional like a like if, um, like a Mike Trout or like a Garrett Cole or uh Jacob DeG- like or like uh like, like a D Gordon because he's so fast or like you know like a couple other players that they, you just like look at and go like there's something about them that's better than fucking Joe Blow who's playing third base <laughs> and uh you know and, and I kind of feel like it's these guys like these these regular guys who there are more like regular players on teams kind of brought up these rules just so that they could stay in the game. Right.
1: And right. Exactly that. You know, the, the guys who create those rules are the, uh, the mid-level kind of, kind of players, um, you know, the the superstars. Um, and you know what, I mean, I'm a big believer in the let the kids play thing. Right. And I think the teams need to buy into that. Uh, You know, I said before, I'm a big fan of like the history of the game, and I I think that uh, respecting the game for what it is 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 really important. You know what I mean? It's it's a founding American game. I mean, Walt Whitman wrote about it. You know, like that's pretty fucking crazy. Um, And I think that needs to be. I think that needs to be respected. That being said, you also have to adapt, and players aren't like that anymore. Uh, People aren't aren't like that anymore. You know, uh, people aren't wearing suits to, to games. Right. And you got you to gotta adapt to that. And if people are going to make the game more fun and find, and have fun playing the game, like you said earlier, you know, in, in regards to the topic, but it's a kid's game.
0: Right.
1: So, like, have fun.
0: Right. No, and there are, like, and we have talked about, like, uh, like you know, like the fighting aspect of, like, players, like, getting thrown at or some shit like that where at points – it, i'm trying to think because i do i don't mind a baseball dust-up i think it's funny oh that's uh, great a lot of it is, isn't even a fight it was more of just a everyone runs in the middle everyone just goes oh, you 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 want to go it's like okay like it's a it's a motherfucker. off you know how many times can you say motherfucker before you get right <laughs> and like the i do believe like like certain pitchers can assert dominance by pitching inside and, and whatever. And like, there is respect to the game, you know, there are certain things oh, yeah. to do as respect to the game, but all like, I, I think if you throw at a guy, cause he's, he pimps a home run on you or something like that. Like, that's just, I don't know. I, I think you, you have to be justified in your reasonings. Right.
1: Yeah. And I forget where I read this. And uh if, if you've, if you heard it as well, please let me know because I don't want to, uh, you know, steal a quote from anybody. But um, yeah, in, in regards to Tessie this, sitting this this home, you know, Grand Slam know whatever, um, make a better pitch. Right. Yeah. You don't want to be in the situation. Pitch better.
0: Right. Man, I think I think it's a football not, player. Uh, it's
1: not his fault that you fucking grooved him a fastball, and he's one of the best hitters in the game. I what think- do you do? Layoff? No, right. that's not. That's not. You know, you're saying you, people are so worried about you know uh, being competitive and, and not tanking and things like that. Like that's competitive, right? Left one up there for me. I'm not just gonna watch it. And yet, and there are times where maybe you get the the you know the take sign and and that's fine. You know, walks as good as a hit in some some situations. How um, did
0: you feel about the manager not having his players back though? I did not like that at all. Yeah, he uh, not even a little bit. He because he, he also used to like, he used to work for tech, he used to work for the Rangers. He used to be in there right. system for a long time. So a lot of it could have been like, you know, like hey, like that's my that's that's my ex. Let's try to be cool with her, like, you know, kind of shit like that. Like maybe one day they'll fire Chris Woodward and they'll hire me. But I feel like hey, man. If they weren't so talented He's The bench
1: coach. Right. All grit.
0: I'm just saying like but if the Padres weren't so talented, I feel like he could have lost the, the room. Like right. I feel like you know, you know, Manny Machado is probably taking Tatis under his wing, you know, kind of like given that whole like, you know, attitude of like, yeah, blow it off, you know, whatever they say.
1: I'll, I'll say this though. I, I actually kind of think that uh, Machado has a bit of a bad attitude.
0: Yeah. Well, from the shit he's did the, the two seasons before when the.
1: Yeah. I mean, just in general, like things I've seen him do on the field, I don't love. Yeah. Um, and that's.
0: That's the. That's a reasonable. Like some things he did. Like if he spikes your player, that's a reasonable pecking. pecking Right,
1: and I just mean more like his attitude stuff. He seems like a bit of a to me, and I don't. I don't know the man, so I don't have anything real to say about it. But from things he can do on the field and other things like that, you know, I think he's a bit of like a whiner. Um, You know, and whatever. He's a good baseball player, right? So talent wins out uh you know whether or not i think he's he's great personally i don't think that's a problem uh i think that in a lot of ways yeah he did take tatis under his wing i think tatis is a little bit more of a you know gregarious kind of like fun loving personality is what i get from whereas tatis like has also been like with i'm the great. best and you have to deal with it right and he's not really the best he's very very good
0: right but
1: for plenty of players you know like i think tatis is probably a better player um than machado you know, and I think that uh, keeping that the fun-loving side of things, and hopefully being on a, a, a very fun, very fun-loving Padres team, um, you know, changes changes my opinion of Machado. I mean, I love watching the guy play baseball. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, it's it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, um, no, I, I, I I I I get that. You know, um, I I've always liked Manny Machado. I I mean, I knew he was never going to be a Met, so I have had this great like kind of like oh yeah, whatever. But, like, um, I, I feel like he kind of – he did himself a disservice with that interview where he's, like, you know, I'm not really, like, a Johnny Hustle type of guy or whatever. Right. And, you know, that's fine because, you know what? He doesn't have to be. He could fucking crank a 400-foot home run anytime he wants.
1: Right. So, don't yeah. worry about it.
0: Yeah. But, um, like, I think I – but, think I mean, like, he's, like, a professionalism way because you never really would say, like, Manny Machado is, has handled himself – like when he was going through like that big free agent thing, he never handled himself remotely. Right. He never. Ha-
1: no, I, I I totally agree. From a professional standpoint,
0: yeah. Yeah, but he did. He did. I think he spiked Max Muncie or something at first base, and.
1: Yeah, he's done a few things that I was just kind of like, "Oh, you're kind of like a
0: dick." Like, like if you like A Rod, I mean A Rod's done that shit too. I didn't really
1: like A Rod either. Um, I work with so, side note on um, just A Rod. I work with a guy. Um, really nice guy but he's like a rod is the greatest player to ever play baseball in the history of the sport and while i don't necessarily disagree it's so interesting that somebody was not even like i feel like even when you mention a rod to like anyone their thing is always like oh great player total piece of shit and this and i'm like have you only like he's uh older you know than i am he's in his, his early 50s And which is interesting from a standpoint, too, of I feel like a lot of uh, older baseball fans did not do not like that kind of behavior that's coming across. Um, Man, it's a little different story, but I think it's really interesting. He doesn't even bring up the whole like A-Rod completely rehabilitated his image and he's just like, no way, man. He's like, that guy was the best. And I disagree with his opinion, but I like respect his like commitment to being like, nope, don't care of anybody else like i didn't like the yankees i liked a rod
0: like, I, I think a rod a rod is from new york a rod's a new york guy so that guy i think he's is, from the he might bronx, be bronx, maybe somewhere yeah. But. May, yeah but like i think if that guy is from like the bronx he may just be a day one and no, no matter what he does and like and that's the thing about fandom is like if you're an, if you're a day one guy if you've been with somebody from like like uh oh, i'm trying to th- i'm trying to think of a guy like all right Aaron judge is a perfect example. We talked about this before. If you're a day one, Aaron judge fan, all his injuries are not going to bother you because you're right. day when you're with him from the start. So for A-Rod, who has such a very checkered past, I guess you could say got uh, like, it you know, was kind of a dick. He had that fucking photo shoot where he's kissing himself. He had, you know, the, the rumor of him as a centaur in his, in his foyer. I like to think that's
1: not a rumor. I, I like would, to think that's a real thing.
0: I would love it. I would hope he, he has, it, he still has it. <laughs>
1: It's in storage. But
0: um, he's also a guy who – Him and J-Lo
1: actually mailed it to Mark Anthony's house because they're uh, both rude. Um,
0: <laughs> he has visiting rights with, along with the kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, Aaron also, he, he was, like, at the highest point where he was like, all right, this guy had, like, a, like a Greek tragedy fall from grace. Right. He was uh, suspended for 200 games, even though he never tested positive. He was, like – he kind of had, like – he flew too close to the sun and got burned. But then in the second go around, you know, he was very hat in hand. He was very polite. He was was like a new, he was like a new guy. And he may have gotten, and a lot of Yankee fans had every right to feel burned because he like, he cheated from whatever he said he felt pressure. So that's why he started taking steroids. Um, And then his, like some of his performances up until I think 2009 is when he really like kind of teed off with the Yankees. But like a lot of people kind of casted him off, but they were already, they, they were already packing his boat up anyway. Right, like that was like kind of the last thing. But I feel like day ones will always, always support.
1: Right, with that, they have yeah. to
0: have murdered somebody.
1: And you know, truthfully, I think baseball always kind of needs uh, an active villain. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, you need someone to root against. He was just so good, but
1: so annoying that you know you. I don't really know who would fit that bill now,
0: but yeah, they're right now are taking it.
1: I mean, you know. There's, yeah, I don't really think there's like, a great player who, like, sucks Like there's a person.
0: No, I think everyone now is so, like, they're so, like, ugh, they're so plain.
1: Yeah, and that's why Tatis is exciting. Yes. He's uh, not I'm playing at all. Uh, that Padres team is not playing at all. I think they're great. I I got to tell you, I'd be all in Padres White Sox World Series. I think I made a joke about it at the first one that it would be awful. have, <laughs> like, the least viewership of all time, but I, I don't think that's the case anymore.
0: I think now you got they got the right they got the right like kind of thing that, that would be perfect. yeah
1: you need you need young exciting teams and that's what we're able to see right now and that's you know one of the things that makes like spring training fun right you have these guys who like you know maybe they're not gonna make the majors this year but they're like a little bit brash a little bit uh, you know for for lack of a better phrase like un- uncultured in, in baseball terms and they're just they're playing a play. And I think a lot of the guys are doing that now and it makes the game so much more fun. I mean like
0: the the kid from the Little League World Series a couple years ago was like, oh, my name's Big Al, and all I do is hit dingers. Yeah. He's, awesome. Here's the, the best part about baseball, he's never played professional baseball. He just uh, I think he I think
1: he's actually Luke Voigt. Yeah, that could be. I think that's what happened. I think he grew up, changed his name,
0: became Oh he's Pete Luke. Alonzo. Yeah. <laughs> Like, do you, like that's kind of what I think people want to see. Like, that's why I think people gravitate to a Trevor Bauer or, right. like, Derek Dietrich and a Tim Anderson. Uh, these guys just like, ah, yeah, we're good. Like, Trevor Bauer in, like, preseason would be like, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to throw you. Right. I'm not going to hit it. Mm-hmm. And I think
1: that, like, you you need a little bit of, of, of a catch. And, uh, you know, I think those guys provide it, and I think it makes the game much more – fun uh you know it's more enjoyable to to watch overall um i fuck i enjoy it you know what i mean like um yeah i you know you have these players who can kind of a guy like tatis who can literally do it all um tim anderson who can can pretty much literally do it all why are you going to uh hold them back
0: you're going to hold them back for whose benefit it's just some mid-level literally no one yeah
1: there's revenue sharing so a team like you know, like the Rangers, who are gonna you know throw it Tatis or whatever, or or I guess Hosmer who got who got thrown. No,
0: it. Um, Machado got thrown at.
1: Got right, thrown right, Um That's like not in your own interests. Yeah. If he brings more money into the game, at some point that's gonna flow into the pockets of the other teams and.
0: Yeah, just just yeah. also think of like the like. All right, so next year if they if they I don't think they'll do West versus West in the, the schedule, but. You're gonna have a time where the Padres come back. People mm-hmm. are gonna be like, Yo, "I want to see this guy. I want to see Tatis." I right. want to see the, like, then, like you kind of build up that rivalry that, like, the Yankees and it makes Reds the game more so, interesting. Like, you know, yeah, it, You, you, like, you'll never like you used to never be able to get tickets to a Yankees Red Sox game, and now it's kind of like, Meh, okay, Both teams. Yeah, I guess I'll go
1: because yeah. it's not as intense, um, right. You know, and I, I, I do think. Um the sport is more exciting when the Yankees and Red Sox are good. Uh that being said, as a lifelong Yankee fan, love this season with the Red Sox. This is just
0: Yeah.
1: They're oh, it's so good. Uh everything about it is just is just great. I like I really like watching
0: it. All right. So at this at this minute right now, we're gonna take uh a little bit of a break and we will be back and we'll talk about some maybe hypothetical trades or who's going to be selling or whatever. So, uh, you know, it's going to be three seconds where you are, but 40 minutes where we are.
1: That's right. i got things to do. For the last
0: time, get rid of those sideburns. Look, Mr. Burns, I don't know what you think sideburns are, but... Don't argue with me. Just get rid of them. And we're back. Mike's finished all the stuff he said he was going to do. I finished some stuff I was going to do. Had to
1: flip some laundry.
0: Oh, my God. It's been a good time. Good going time.
1: away this weekend.
0: Oh, very nice.
1: Yeah, going to uh, the land of Springsteen, heading down to Asbury Park for a couple days. Oh,
0: very nice. Very yeah. nice. That's a that's a town that really came up, like.
1: Fixed. It's pretty cool there. I've actually been there once before, but it's, uh, shout out Asbury
0: Park. It's pretty nice. Jersey's done some um, good things.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go down there and uh, drink 625 beers over the course of two days.
0: That's, and, all, uh, that's done. That's, yeah, that's, that's it, man. That's the toll to get into Asbury Park. you got to drink.
1: Correct. That and, uh, you know, you have to be playing some Springsteen as you as you pull in
0: right you have to be playing when you when you get there you have to be playing greetings from asbury park and when you're leaving you have to be playing the river so right. oh
1: so I, like the like full spectrum of like what you were feeling while you were there right like, good call
0: yeah
1: well yeah. leaving on the river's rough um <laughs>
0: <sighs> so sad uh so uh, before uh we leave uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh the trade deadline which is actually now going to be August 31st which would be Monday for us but you know when you listen to us it could be 20 years from, from now but uh right. these things
1: live on forever.
0: It's true as long as I pay the bill they're still there. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so uh we'll, we'll talk about maybe some realistic trades and we brought up a, an idea Back in the episode, we might talk about which it does seem very interesting, very very like like end of the world red button kind of move,
1: right? And that so I should just note before we talk about that, we'll talk about that towards the end, I think. Let's start with realistic trades, then move to absurd ones. But okay. um just want to note again for for you folks out there at home, uh, we came up with that during the first part of this, so there's no uh, there's no research in terms right. of this. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so. All right, um, so who do you think are going to be the biggest sellers this year?
1: The uh, Mariners, already started. Yeah. I um, think the Mariners are going to be big sellers. I think, really? Uh, you know, I think the issue now with the expanded playoffs and everything, um, pretty much everyone's in it. You know, there are very few teams that at this particular date where you're like, Dunzo,
0: never going to happen. Um, it is tougher now to, to kind of actually, you know, be like, okay, this team is out, they're, they're right. dead.
1: Um, You know, and I think that – do I think Boston's going to sell? Yeah. Um, I think Jackie Bradley might be on his way out um, for the for the best. I mean, they have a terrible farm system. They, they really have, like, nothing. Yeah. Not a lot to work.
0: Jackie Bradley's going to be a free agent, I think next year, yeah, so it would make sense to sell them off now to right to tender.
1: And this year, I mean, the, the trade deadline this year is really interesting because no scouts in the games, no minor league to, to kind of see who you might want to grab. So it's all based on video, which is, is kind of interesting. Um, that being said, I think the teams that are in a position to sell really um, would only be the Marlins and uh, Pittsburgh. Everyone else. I mean, I'm looking at the standings right now. Jesus Miami. Christ! The Angels are 10 and 22.
0: Miami's in second place right now, man. They're they're hot. They're they're in it. Did
1: I say Miami? I meant the Mariners.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Miami's selling anybody off. No, I'm I think right on, now they that... a
1: player on the Marlins. Uh...
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: Who could they possibly trade? I don't even know. I couldn't even Mad tell you who's on the team.
0: <laughs> Mad Joyce. Is a... Matt Joyce on the, pod, the Marlins? Francisco Cervelli. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm just looking at the the box score from the Mets game.
1: Oh, Jesus. Um but anyway, uh yeah, I mean Pittsburgh's obviously in a position to sell, but again, I don't know who uh who on Pittsburgh you're going to move. Um yeah. Boston definitely some big names. Kansas City, uh maybe you know, are they that far away from contending? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, I, I think they've they've been kind of like uh nosing towards another rebuild. Yeah. Like they, they, They've kind of like all the guys that they had on that World Series team are mostly all gone, except for Salvador Perez and uh, Alex Gordon. Like that bullpen, right. that bullpen is gone. Most of that infield is gone. It's, yeah, I think they um, really kind of do something new.
1: In terms of big names, you know, it, this is this is a tough year. I can't really say who I think would go. Um, just because, like, like I said, everybody is kind of in it you know what I mean nobody who's really other than you know a few of the the you know players I mentioned earlier teams I mentioned earlier are really out of it um I think at this point it's more about looking at it as maybe we can make the playoffs do we have a legitimate (laughs) run sorry Um, (laughs) that was me I hit an ad while I was checking the standings Um, so uh you know like I said it's less of a um
0: I could I could see two make- people, two guys right now on the Pirates that I would say would get a decent haul for them. Okay, it would be uh, plus uh, Gregor Polanco. Okay, which I feel like he's coming up to a contract, and Josh Bell, who is like kind of came out of, kind of exploded last year, and now he's Josh with- Bell.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely, I think he he's definitely a, in a position to move. Um, again, where does he fit? Where is he making a difference?
0: Yeah, I think like, uh, well, now with the DH everywhere, I think he couldn't. He does make a little bit more sense. Like, I feel like San Francisco is oddly still in it, so they could they have enough yeah. like, capital to kind of be like, oh, fuck it, let's push it. So they'll go get like may- maybe they can work out a deal to get both of those guys. Mm. Yeah, um,
1: let's see. I'm trying to think of who else. Uh... Kevin Pillar could go for the Red Sox along with Jackie Bradley. That's that's an easy one. Um, again, though, I, you know.
0: J.D. Davis is coming up to an opt-out. So he could be traded. J.D. Davis? Oh. Um,
1: Red side, yeah. Oh, no, not J.D. Davis.
0: Oh, J.D. Martinez.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, sorry. Um, he's probably going to opt-out. But, again, I feel like he signed with the Red Sox and just sort of was like, got my contract.
0: Got my contract in my World Series ring. I'm good. Yep, I'm
1: Pretty much going to coast for now. Yeah. Um, like obviously, yeah, you want his bat somewhere, um, but you know, this is just like a weird one. Um, I'm like, like you're going to trade Lance Lynn? Like, you know, these aren't. There's, I don't see an impact trade happening. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, unless you have some real clear, you know, kind of plan in mind, like if the Yankees were to package. Clint Frazier and like Davey Garcia for I don't know whoever a pitcher. I don't know, Trevor Bauer, right? Cool. Yeah, that's a move. Um
0: again, is that I feel like that would be kind of cutting your nose to spite your face cuz you're gonna Absolutely. To Garcia, that's but... not a trade
1: either team really needs to make.
0: Yeah, cuz
1: Garcia is going to be up next year or later this year or whatever. The Reds aren't out of it. You know what I mean? And and Bauer would be a terror. Oh my god. Bauer in New York would be a fucking nightmare for just all parties involved.
0: I, yeah, I, I like the guy, but I feel like he would be – Me too.
1: He'd be I eating. feel like he's a little too combative for New York and, like, people are going to push back, and I think there would be a lot of problems there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's I said. I don't really see a, a big impact trade happening. I don't see any of the contenders really being the kind of team that, like, needs something. Um,
0: I would think – I think the Yankees might make an, a push for another pitcher and they may get like a utility guy with it too. Like I could see them kind of like maybe trying to like farm the Marlins a little bit again, you know, just be like, Hey, you know, uh, what do you got? That's
1: so what they're there for it. That's why we put Derek Jeter in charge of the Marlins. Right. Yeah.
0: So we can pick could, the best players. Yeah. Like, let me see. Let me take a look at their team. Uh, you yeah, know, I don't, I don't really see anything out of this.
1: You know who I would love to get my hands on? Go ahead. Uh, Whit Merrifield.
0: Oklahoma Royals.
1: Yeah. I, as a Yankee fan, I would take him. Uh, I actually put him recently on my uh, MLB Tap Sports baseball uh, Yankee team. Very nice. Batting laid off. Well, where would you
0: where 586 average. Outrageously good. Where would he where where you play, though? Where you play, though, for the Yankees? Utility. Okay, so he's – like you make this trade for Whit Merrifield. So you have – he's normally a second baseman kind of – in field, so you have DJ LeMayu, Luke Voigt, uh, G, uh, Gio Urshela, all kinda, kind of kind of movable. Right. Because uh, labor's not – But gonna... I think
1: that's where Aaron Boone's leaning. Okay. Where he can kind of play everywhere, you know, just sort of having um... – Jack of all trades? Yeah, exactly, for, for everyone. Um, and I think that's where baseball's moving anyway
0: um, in general in terms of how teams line up. Um It does keep a more exciting player in the game. Like, especially if they can know how to play different positions, they could stay. Absolutely. 100%.
1: Um, But I don't see any of the uh, contenders really looking for anybody. Um, Again, uh, no, actually, what we should talk about, because I think a big uh, potential for movement is the Indians. Okay. I think uh, Clevenger and Plesak – could easily be moved
0: um, At least that could be moved Yeah um, like, Easily
1: In terms of Less so in terms of need uh, for, for things and more uh, I think the Indians realize That after this year Maybe maybe that window is closing a little bit In terms of, of their, their chances um, We had two big name pitchers Who both pitched great uh, Who have some clubhouse issues Obviously and maybe moving them uh, puts everybody kind of in a in a better spot. Uh,
0: yeah, because we we spoke about it too. That like right. after uh, Clevenger and Pleissack both got kind of caught breaking team curfew rules and COVID rules, the team was not happy about this. Like the, the guys, right. on the team who they who you know Cleveland's been known to be kind of like a very very close clubhouse. Very disappointed, especially in Clevenger, who's their basically is their ace right now, and. Right. The, you know, you deserve to be out of here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think they could shop them, and maybe that kind of fixes a a few problems for them. That being said, where do they fit? I mean, we think – I could see Padres going after a pitcher. I could see the White Sox going after a pitcher too.
0: Yeah. I think that would definitely, like, put them over the hill. I think uh, maybe St. Louis could use a pitcher.
1: St. Louis could definitely use a pitcher. St. Louis has been struggling, though. Again, what's St. Louis going to give up when they're kind of a middling team? Right, Yeah at it as a team that can make the playoffs, but are they going to make a legitimate World Series run? Is one pitcher really going to set that team?
0: They need at least two, I think. They need, they, I think they need two. I think they need a starter and a reliever just to kind of get back into Yeah.
1: It's like Hater and sack.
0: Do you know how much you're going to have to give up for for fucking Hater? A lot. Wait, Brewers waiting. aren't even out of it. No, yeah, the the New York Sports Radio today was like, so the Mets are going to have to trade which farm club to get to get <laughs> like Aider, Like it would, it doesn't even make any sense to like go after him. Like like the only way you could get him away from the Brewers is by money. So why would you even try trading talent?
1: Right. Just wait. Yeah. Um yeah, I just I think this is such a weird one. I you know, talking trades now is is great. Um you know, I think Talon Walker on the Blue Jays is an interesting trade because, again, I don't think they're a team that's poised to really make a deep run. What are they? In? They're in the in AL. I mean, that's not.
0: I think they give. I think a lot of teams may be lining up for that wild card push. So I see like the Reds, right. the, the Blue Jays, definitely like the White Sox. They're gonna go. They'll get like kind of. I think, which I'm surprised like. Uh, Waka and Porcello have been like complete failures this year for the Mets because they could have mm-hmm. been like, you want them or right, take them. Give me like. I
1: really thought that's how it was going to be. Yeah. That's like, almost like cast off like extra starters that we just have that we can trade for a bat or a reliever or, or something we need. And it really didn't work out that way. Um, if,
0: if in six starts they were two and two with a like a three five ERA, it'd be like, get out of here, take them. Right. But then uh, they both, well, Waka got hurt and uh, Porcello is. Left his good stuff back in two thousand sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's bad for him.
1: Yeah, it's not. Uh, that that was a bit of a fall from grace. I know somebody who uh, knows him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, um, how's he doing? He's like not great.
0: <laughs> not having a good time.
1: Yeah, he's he's struggling quite a bit.
0: I, I mean oh. I hate that I hate to see it because also like Matt Harvey came back for the Royals. Yeah. He looked good, pretty good his first going around. I have to. I have to take a look and see if he was supposed to start soon. But like he like
1: He was okay. Yeah.
0: He Um
1: You know, again, like a lot of reclamation projects maybe get flipped. Yeah. Just I, I, I feel like it's weird. I think a lot of teams are gonna stand pat. Um I think what you do do now if you're trading is trading a player to be named later for somebody you can have next season. Yeah, uh, kind of a proven commodity, which is what the, the Blue Jays did, um, you know, the player bidding later in cash for some guy, they're going to have for the rest of the season and next season who is, uh, struggling a little bit, but probably in ways that aren't necessarily his fault. Um, Mariners offense is, uh, non-existent. is, that, is I that, is that
0: they're, tr- they're leaning into a rebuild. I know they, they have a couple of players that they're very high on, but mm-hmm. I know that they're also like players that they want to get rid of. Like, uh, Seeger, I think they want to be like, all right, we'll him. I mean, a lot of
1: teams would take him. He's, you yeah. know, he's, a, he's a good
0: player. He's a good, he's a, he's a third baseman right now. He could definitely be a good bat off the bench or as a DH every couple of games. Like, he, uh, he's not who he used to be. He's not like a 30 plus guy anymore, but no. he definitely can give you some pop off the bench. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, you're beating me this week at Fantasy Baseball.
1: Get used to it.
0: <laughs>
1: this, is, this is what happens when you don't uh, update your league at all or your team at all. Um,
0: all right, so let's let's uh, in our in our waning minutes of the show because we're getting a little little long a little long in the day.
1: Well, uh, in the tooth.
0: Well, long in the tooth. Long Now, bringing back up to that possible Mike Trout trade, the hypothetical Mike Trout trade, which will happen probably in two years. What would you like? Where would you like to see him go? What do you what do you think would happen? Like, what what's the idea here?
1: I'll be honest with you. I think that I know that any team Mike Trout winds up on automatically becomes the best, the best team in the league. I mean, it's not his fault. The Rangers, uh, the Rangers, the Angels can't put together, you know, a team that works. And it's not even necessarily their fault. I mean, they've, they've made the effort. It
0: just They've, they've gone worked. out on certain things that, like, you go, like, oh, that does make sense at the time.
1: Right. And it just hasn't worked for them. So let's say they trade him. Uh, yes, I want him playing center field for the Yankees. <laughs> I would give up uh, easily. Fraser and Duhar, uh, David Garcia, um,
0: and about forty million dollars in caps.
1: Yeah, easily, fine, no problem. Done. Um, and probably one or two other players could could be thrown in there. Uh, you know, minor league guys. Maybe get some guys in like high A who are ready to pitch, whose names I don't you know know at, at, at this exact moment. Uh, that'd be great. That being said, I actually personally feel that a great fit uh, in terms of temperament, in terms of baseball cities, uh, and carrying on the na- uh, a legacy of being named after after Fish and uh, playing for two teams. I would send Mike Trash to the Cardinals.
0: Whoa. Oh, so you think he does a Jim Edmonds? God. Oh, I was getting
1: Jim Edmonds and Tim Salmon mixed up because my brain is fried this week. Uh,
0: <laughs> Tim Salmon didn't go anywhere. It's all
1: right. Anyway, neither here nor there. Made a mistake. Put my Trout on the Cardinals. Best team in the central.
0: Be great. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think actually I kinda I kinda do see him as an East Coast he's an East Coast team making a big move for him. Right. Uh, and I think it's his uh his hometown favorite Phillies.
1: Oof. I you put Harper and Trout in one outfield within the next year, or two years. That's who the fuck
0: do you pitch to? Exactly. I I, I mean I don't
1: know they resign real Mudo and that's your that's your two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Who are you pitching to?
0: Yeah. No I, I don't see him finishing his career as a center fielder. I do see him moving over to left field or right field because he does have a fucking cannon for an arm. So I think like you, you bring – you put – and, like, Harper has played everywhere in the outfield, so it doesn't, it doesn't right. bother him. He's even tried his hand at first base, I think, once. Mm-hmm. Uh, so
1: He was a catcher coming up. Yeah, that's so. right. He,
0: he was a catcher, so he, he doesn't have a problem moving around. Uh, right. I think, if, if anything, they would make the most sense because uh, they're also very, like, just, like, fuck it. Like, what did the owner say last year? were like, we're going to spend stupid money to get people. Right, I think that they they're stupid enough to do it. I also, I would, I don't think he would go to Houston. I highly doubt he would go to Houston. No, I don't think he'd go
1: to Houston. Yeah.
0: Um, I do. I would like to actually. I would like to. Here's a wild. Here's a wild thought. With it, maybe because they need the money. Maybe send them down to Miami for all prospects. You start. Just... Jeter's just building up this team, collecting the money in the back pocket, and be like uh forty-five fucking <laughs> prospects to Anaheim and he starts buying up players like he's like okay Luke Voigt might not fit with the Yankees but he's gonna be our starting first baseman. Right beating, like DJ LeMayo on like the end of his career. Like you'll play third. <laughs> like well
1: that's what happened with uh was it Martin Prado?
0: Right,
1: yeah. With it, I don't remember like, oh we'll just send to the Marlins, don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. He'll hang out down there a little bit until he's done. Um here's a question though. If who on the mess would you give up to put Mike Trout in that outfield? Assuming Universal DH continues and you have a place for him for the remainder of his career without worrying about his fielding dropping
0: off. Oh, then I trade Pete Alonso for him in a heartbeat. Not one for one. Get out of here. Pete Alonso, well, I'll, and we don't have any prospects, and a lot of our major league players are not that good. <laughs> so I would, I mean, it's not like I'd be like, uh, I would I would trade Alonzo and uh, three hundred million dollars. Yeah, and whatever's left of the Willpower <laughs> portion. I, I mean, it, like, because a guy like like that's something you can't pass up. Like, it's it, like there is no there is no bad thing. He's he's because also you have him and Conforto, and you put Dom. I would I would put Dom Smith at first base. I've said it before. Yeah. I'm a Dom Smith guy. I like I like Pete Alonzo. Dom Smith's my guy. Every year. I like Dom Smith, too. Since we drafted him, I've been – I'm a day one Dom Smith guy. There you go. There you go. Since he's been drafted, since he's come up, I say he gets – like I looked at his stats, he gets better every year, and it's been proving it right every step, every step of the way. All right. More Dom Smith. You want – the mm-hmm. one you want to assess his this contract? Robinson Cano? Like
1: I, I know that people listening can't see the face I just made, but I just made a face about the Cessna's contract. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Cano contract looks better. I said it, though, when Cano signed with the Mariners. I'm like, he's going to wind up back in New York in some capacity. I think I might have said the Yankees are going to sign him when he's over the hill and useless. That's like
0: a legacy act. Like, remember we had Cano? Right. Like,
1: these, are, these are the days. Like,
0: <laughs> But then someone heard, oh, over the hill and useless, and the Mets are like, don't worry, I've already got you beat.
1: Yeah, that's like hold my beer. I got this. Oh, I got this. Uh, this. This is what I'm. This is this is exactly what we were looking for. <laughs>
0: um, right. So I believe that will be the end of the show. Um, yes. it's, it's going to be a very interesting trade deadline. We didn't have na- really much names except Jack- we think Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to go. Seattle is going to make some big moves.
1: That's all I got. Yeah. I mean. You know, it's 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 going to be weird this year. I think too many teams are are in it with the. Also, expect- it's going to
0: be interesting to see how trades work in the time of COVID, with how they yeah. travel and if they like.
1: We didn't even mention that. I mean, that that's a huge concern too. You know, if you, if you know you have a safe clubhouse, right? And now you're bringing in somebody who maybe came from a more lax clubhouse where things aren't as safe. You know, you're you're putting everybody at risk and yeah. um, realistically too. I think uh, not to to keep tacking on to this kind of stuff, but. Uh, you know, I, I think this year, especially, you have to read the room of your, your clubhouse and, and, and see what the, the rest of the guys on the team are going to be comfortable with. Right. Um, bringing on, a, a, you know, a Wade LeBlanc that's not really going to set you over the edge and maybe he hasn't been careful. Um,
0: you you know, know, Wade LeBlanc. He's
1: always- maybe, pull, maybe pull the team first and be like, hey, are you guys comfortable with us bringing this player in from, you know, Cleveland where we know maybe guys haven't been as careful as they were in – San Diego or, or you right. know, but, um, you know, I think that's something the guys at the team have to keep uh, an eye on too. So,
0: yep. no, yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's, it's going to be kind of fun to see it break down. And when we get back uh, in two weeks, we'll definitely talk about it. Yes. Like whatever happens from that. And um, okay. So well, once again, uh, you could always find me over at movie man pod on Twitter. at move Man podcast on Instagram. Uh, if you want to drop me an email, why no one emails anymore, just hit me up on social media. Uh, if you want to find Mike,
1: uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at flyingpack pack with two K's. Um, you can find my band, uh, on Instagram as well. Uh, control substance HC, uh, control substance on Spotify and Bandcamp. Um, and actually on that note, I kind of just want to give a, uh, quick little thing here, uh, not baseball related, but, um, for anybody listening who might be into, uh, Hardcore or punk or metal or any kind of, uh, you know, heavier music in general, um, you might be aware by now that um, Bradley Gale, the singer from Power Trip, passed away uh, this week. Um, never met the man, but, uh, you know, uh, as, as a front man, as a front person, um, he always made small rooms feel really big and uh, big rooms feel really small. Um, a really talented guy and definitely a, a loss, um, you know, for heavy music in general. Um, he's somebody that I had great respect for and, um, you know, anybody I know who has had interactions with him or, or, or did know him, um, you know, only had the, uh, the nice things to say about, you know, him pulling up other bands or, uh, other people, um, and really just being a, a kind and, and generous spirit. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a loss for, for hardcore and punk and it's, uh, you know, a little bit of a loss for the world. So, uh, our, uh, condolences go out to, um, Riley's family and friends and, uh, you know, anybody, uh, in the extended power trip family. Um, and if you're not familiar, um, with power trip, I highly recommend (laughs) checking them out. They are, uh, they are really, really good. So, uh, you know, rest in power, Riley. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's all you got for me today. So.
0: All right. And, uh, always remember like uncle Ben said, with great power comes great responsibility, treat everybody equal, treat everyone fair. And we'll get, we'll get through this shit eventually. Right.
1: Everybody kind of stick together and, and, and look out for each other. That's what's. We're going to get
0: through this shit kicking and screaming. And if you're putting your feet in the ground, you're gonna, you'll be the last to cross the line. But just trust me, we'll be better on the other side.
1: That's right. Well said, Brian.
0: Thank you. That's the one thing I could do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> see you guys in two weeks. Uh-huh. <gasps> Mattingly! I thought I told you to trim those sideburns. Go home. You're off the team for good.
1: Fine. Still, I can better than Steinbrenner.